0: Well, praise the Lord, Facebook, another Sunday afternoon. Uh, I trust that you've had a great time today. Uh, we had an awesome time at my local church in fell, and uh, it was just an incredible service. I trust that uh, the Lord spoke to you and in your individual houses of worship today, and uh, he's truly on the throne. He's the King of kings and he's the Lord of lords, and we can always trust that he has the best for us. I want to deal with a subject today uh, called Isolation Pitfalls. Isolation Pitfalls. Um, I can speak from experience. I've been down the road of isolation, and I know what it is and uh, what it can do to your life. But before I begin this uh, discussion today, I'm going to go to the Lord in prayer and ask God. will bless this time, and he will be with us, and he will speak through me and speak to you when you see this video. Father, we just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I just come to you and I ask God for your strength, for your anointing, for your unction, for your power, for your word, for your grace, for your mercy. God, to present these words, these feelings, these thoughts, these experiences that I've experienced, God, in my own life. God, may I minister your word. May it be clear, may it be precise, may it be anointed. And may those who have an ear to hear You'll hear what the Spirit is saying to the church. I just thank you, God, for this beautiful day, for the glory that fell at our, my local church, Lord, and the glory that fell at other churches, God, across this world today, God. How you've been with each one and those who weren't able to make it to a house of worship, God. You were still there with them, Lord, and imparted unto them truth. I just ask again, God, that you be with this live broadcast. And I'll ask it all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen, and amen, and amen, and amen. God is good. God is good, and he's greatly to be praised. I want to use for a scripture, and today I'm using my laptop here, so just bear with me. I may be looking down, you know, and uh, I use a phone for Facebook Live, and it has a camera lens, of course, you know, all phones have camera lenses, and they can shoot from the front or the back. And I have a habit of looking straight at my phone. And when I look straight at my phone, I'm really not like I'm doing right now. I'm not looking at the camera. Now I'm looking at the camera. So if you catch me doing that, it's just hard to get used to doing that. Looking right at the camera lens on the phone rather than the center of the camera. But I'm using my laptop today. uh, I'm going to try something different. Just see see how it works. I mean, if it don't work and uh, causes more confusion than good, then... Uh, I'll go back to just uh, writing the notes down the old-fashioned way on a piece of paper, and we'll, we'll go with the Bible. Uh, I want to look at Proverbs 18.1. If you want to call it, uh, the, old, the old-fashioned preachers used to say, take up a text. Uh, i taking up a text. <laughs> Proverbs 18.1. And I want to look at this in the Amplified Version. And what the Amplified Version does is it does exactly what it says it does. It amplifies it. It takes the original Aramaic, Hebrew, and Greek and expounds and gives you a deeper, clearer meaning of what the uh, the author was intending to say through the Holy Spirit. The Amplified Bible, in Proverbs 18.1, it says, He who willfully separates himself from God and man seeks his own desire. He quarrels against all sound wisdom all sound wisdom so we can see right there from that verse that isolating yourself from from others and isolating yourself even from god like adam and eve you know they hid in the garden and they discovered that they was naked and it was all based in fear and and you have to realize that isolation is based in fear there's bad isolation and there's good isolation. Bad isolation is when you are operating in fear and you hide yourself. And usually what happens there is you've been offended or you've been disappointed or you've been you know, hurt by someone or some organization or several people, possibly. You had a misunderstanding. And what you do is you pull away and you isolate yourself. And when you do that, you're opening yourself up from attack from the enemy, because you're in a you're in a in a position of fear, and in a position of of uh, hurt and pain, and that's when Satan will attack you. That's that's bad isolation. That's based in fear. Good isolation is when you pull away like Christ did, by himself to pray. That is based on faith. Sometimes we have to get away. We have to get away from the noise. We have to get away from the people. We have to get away from all the influences. And we have to get along with God. And there's nothing wrong with that. That is a faith-based isolation. And that's a good thing. But there's the negative isolation. Where you pull away. Isolation can be defined as complete separation from others. By choice or by circumstance. But you choose. You make the choice. Oh, I've been offended. I've been hurt. Uh, Somebody did me wrong. Somebody misunderstood me. Uh, Somebody disagreed with me. And maybe it happens multiple times. Maybe you're in a church or in an organization or in a family or in a friendship. And it happens several times. And if if you don't forgive, if you don't forgive and give it to God... It compounds and it becomes a major, major stumbling block in your life. And what you end up doing is you end up isolating yourself. I did it for 14-15 years. 14 or 15 years. I isolated myself. I I really I didn't really get personally offended, and I can't point one finger at somebody and say, that person hurt me, and that person said this, and that person. It was just an overall sense of expectation that I had for my life, and, and, and it wasn't being, you know, it wasn't fulfilled in a time that I thought God was supposed to do it in, in the way God I thought God was supposed to do it, and I got offended, and I got hurt, and I turned my back on the things of God for, I never completely backslid, but I isolated myself away from, from God's people, from the anointing, from the from instruction. And, and I told myself I was doing a good thing because I'm like, you know what? I mean, if you don't want to be hurt by other people, just don't get around other people. That's what I thought. But I'm telling you, that'll catch up with you. It will ultimately catch up with you. If you get hurt and offended and and you don't deal with those things properly. And sometimes you think, this is what happened to me. And I, and. And, and I'm sure other people can, can say amen to this, that have experienced this. You'll, you'll get offended, and you'll get hurt, and you'll pull away from the situation, and you'll go on with life. You'll just go on with life. You'll go on, well, I'm, I'm productive, I work a job, I do this, I do that, whatever. And you think you've gotten over those issues because you've gone on with life. But they compound. You for compound interest? It's compound interest. <laughs> it's a bad interest that you don't want, but it's compound interest. And it, and it compounds, and it catch up to you eventually. And it caught up to me. Um, I was going a 1,000 miles an hour, uh, busy working, busy doing things at home, uh, busy uh, fishing. Constantly doing, I mean just active, active go, 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 go go, 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 go. And I had some things happen to me in my life that broke me and slowed me down and reminded me of what was important. And I went through what I would what people would commonly refer to a nervous breakdown uh, for almost two years, a good year and a half. Uh, my sister's untimely death pulled me out of it, of all things. Grief, grief actually pulled me out of my, my depression and my anxiety. But uh, I was not good for a whole lot of anything. I'll be honest with you. And that's what I did. I isolated myself. I spent hours and hours in a room by myself. And all I could do was watch Christian TV. and That was the only thing I could stand. I couldn't stand anything secular. I lost all desire to do the things that I loved. I mean, all I had no desire. I didn't care about anything. I felt totally hopeless. And it was it was something I had to go through. It was a valley that I had to go through. But I was isolated. I pulled myself away. But the awesome thing about that is... I pulled myself away from other people, but God was still there. That's the awesome thing about it. My family was still there. And there were other vigils of the body of Christ, and they know who they are if they see this video, who kept up with me and contacted me and prayed with me and called me. And one particular uh, gentleman, he's an awesome man of God, called me like every day almost in a, in a week's time or every other day or two or three times a week and encouraged me. And I basically vomited on him when he talked to me. I was hopeless. I mean, I, he, you know, I, <laughs> he didn't have to do that, but he did. And he loved me through it. But isolation, you, when you start, and you get offended, you get hurt, and you start pulling out of being around other people and being around church and and, and have, you get hopeless and you justify it. Well, if I don't get around people, I'll never get hurt again. If I never step out and try to do anything for God, or try to use the giftings that God's given me, I'll never get hurt again but guess what <laughs> you're hurting yourself you're hurting yourself you're not hurting anybody else but your own self and you're not going to be very productive in the kingdom of God that's what's going to happen to you but thankfully the grace of the Lord the grace of the Lord will be there with you and he was there with me I can remember times where I would lay in the floor for hours Laying on the floor for hours. I had suicidal ideations. I never had a plan. I never actually, you know, tried to commit suicide, but I fought suicidal ideations very, very badly for a while. The whole world was dark. Everything was hopeless. You know, I was future tripping in the future, not seeing anything, getting any better. And I isolated myself, but thank God... Thank God the Spirit of the Lord was there. And I had a Christian upbringing, and I had given my heart to God, and he never left me. And he was there with me through it. And He, you know, like I said, he ministered with, uh, through my family, through friends. And I never thought I was going to be there in life. I never, ever thought that I would have a nervous breakdown, that I would ever be suicidal, <laughs> ever. Never thought it. But what happens is you, you, you know, this is going, this, this, this video is going a little bit off of what I was going to look exactly what I was going to talk about, but I really don't care, to be honest with you. Um, What happens is you go through things, you go through hurts, you go through valleys in life, and if you don't completely get healed of them, they compound, and then you'll find out in life that you'll, you'll get into a position where you'll get hit, like hard, by two or three major things at one time. And it'll knock you for a loop. And that's what happened to me. I thought I had gotten over some things, because I went on. I went on. I was still alive. I was still working jobs. I was still active. I was still in my hobbies. I was still doing all these things, but I wasn't healed of the pain. I wasn't healed of the hurt. I wasn't healed of the misunderstandings. And guess what I had to do? I had to go right back to those places. That's what I had to do. That's the only way God can heal you, is if you go right back to the places and to the people. And then God will start to heal you. You have to get over That's the only way you can get over these things. That's the only way that you can get over these things. Is through the power of, of Christ, through the prayers of others, through the word of God. And that's what, what God was able to do with me. And I still, I mean, I still, I'll be straight up honest. I have no reason to lie. I am a, a but honest person when it comes to things. I still struggle. I still worry about the future. I still concern what's going to happen. With, well, this happens and that happens. What's well, going to happen to me and where am I going to be and so on and so forth but I have to give each and every day to God. And I've decided that the only way I'm going to survive in this world, with the things that are coming, with the things that are currently in the world, is to give my whole entire life to Jesus. Everything. Everything. No more Jonathan. No more Jonathan's desires. No more Jonathan's wants. No more Jonathan's plans. What do you want me to do, God? What do you want me to do? What do you want me to speak? Who do you want me to minister to? Who do you want me to help? Pushing my flesh aside, and that's that's a hard thing to do. And that's what God has demanded from me. And I believe he demands it from all, all Christians, ultimately. If you truly want to walk out your calling, if you truly want to be used of the Lord, you're going to have to be able to do that. And it's hard. We all get hurt. We all get offended. We all have losses. You know, you lose, you lose somebody in your family at a young age or even a parent at an old age. You have to grieve. You lose jobs, you have to grieve. You lose animals, you have to grieve. You lose relationships, you have to grieve. It happens. And you have to learn how to grieve properly. And that's a big, big thing to be able to <laughs> to grieve properly and know that you've gotten through things. But I thank God. I thank the Lord that he has helped me. He has strengthened me. He's given me a voice again um, and a platform. And I'm just trusting him every day. That's all we can do. So I've talked about bad isolation. It's fear-based. And good isolation. And I use Jesus for an example. Uh, when he pulled himself away for prayer. That's good isolation. You think about the temptation of Christ... He was isolated, and Satan thought he was going to get him, by using the word, even. But Jesus, after fasting, after going without food or water for 40 days, the nights could not be thwarted, could not be defeated, because he, seen through Satan's devices, So that was an isolation, but that ultimately turned out to be a good isolation. And that's the way God works. That's the way God works. Uh, I already gave you the definition of isolation. It's complete separation from others by choice and by circumstance. What happens is you become useless in the hands of God when you isolate. If you're going to build the kingdom, I mean, what if what if one of the 12 disciples, when Jesus called them to, to follow him, would have said, oh, Jesus, I, I don't need to follow you. I can do this on my own. You just tell me. Tell me what you want me to do, Jesus, and I'll do it my way. I don't need the rest of these disciples. I don't need none of this, Jesus. I just do it my own way. I don't want to be hurt. I don't want them to think bad of me. You know, there was always There was an intertwining, talking, and mingling, and negativity going on amongst the disciples. You know that. They're human beings what if they, well, you know, one of them was, sad, but, you know, you think Jesus would have been okay with that? I don't think so. I don't think Jesus would have been okay with that at all whatsoever. He said, drop everything. Follow me. Drop it all. Drop all your plans, all your programs, all your desires, all your hobbies, all whatever, and follow me. And that's what they did. That's what they did. So you have a lack of advancing God's kingdom if, if you're isolated in that way. If you if you pull away, if you pull away from others, you pull away from the church, and you say, "Oh, I don't need this. I, I don't need. I don't need to hear this preaching anymore. I've heard the. I've heard this preaching a zillion times. I, you know." And that's what I did. I just. Uh, I can remember one particular gentleman that's no longer with us, passed away. He'd come out to my house, and he would he would try to talk to me, and then I'd say. It's going to be a cold day in hell before I ever go back there. That's what I told him. That's exactly what I told him. And, and God in his uh, <laughs> sovereign way <laughs> ended up having me uh, minister with this gentleman and help him and care for him before he died. Say, God's, God's, God's got his ways. Uh, don't take you going to outsmart God. Stick your, you know, hand up and uh, fist up and say, oh, "I'm not going I'm not doing that ever, God. I'm never going back there. I'm never getting back up on that platform. I'm never singing again. I'm never teaching again. I'm never, I'm not doing it, God. They misunderstood me. They, they hurt me. They said this. They said that. All you're doing is hurting yourself. Ultimately, you think you're not. You think you're protecting yourself, but you're not. You're hurting yourself." And I can speak from experience. As I said, I've been there. I isolated myself for a good 14 or 15 years. And ultimately, the breakdown that I had, the depression and anxiety is what pulled me out of that isolation, ultimately. I was isolated during it. But the healing process, God slowly pulled me out of those things and slowly got me back functional. I mean, I couldn't even... I can remember going into town, the town of Marion, and I would go to the store, say Myers, I'll say Myers and Marion, and I would have to sit in my car for half an hour and try to talk myself into going in there. I would lay in ball in my car. I used to drive down the road yelling and screaming at God, holding my fist up and yelling and screaming. Why God? Why did you do this? Why did you do that? Why did you let this happen to me? Why is this happening? I'm not too—I am mean, not too proud. I mean, let's just get real in the kingdom of God here. Let's stop trying to act like we're all holy angels because <laughs> we're not. We get angry, we get mad, we get upset, and I—you know—but God's got big shoulders. He's got a whole lot bigger shoulders than we have. I'm, I'm telling you that right now. A lot bigger shoulders. Sometimes you just got to, you just got to tell God what you think, you know, and I do that a lot in prayer. I mean, you know, we, I grew up, uh, you know, in the word of faith, uh, spiritual warfare, charismatic movement, you know, I went to Bible college and in the early nineties and all that was the big thing, you know, and bind this and cast this out and take over this territorial spirit and rebuke that. And it, you know, and then you got to pray this certain way, and you got to do this, and you got to do that, and you better be this amount of time, and all. This. You know, I've gotten now where I just like talk to God like He's, you know, here in the room with me. Say, God, you know what? I don't understand this. Can you help me understand this? I don't get it. I'm not saying that there's always. A, there, don't get me wrong. There's times when when that ain't appropriate, and you better be on your face. But Throughout the week, when I'm working, whatever, something happens to me, and, you know, God's got big shoulders, and he understands. He understands those things. So you don't have to worry that, you know, God's going to, oh, I'm going to cut you off. (laughs) You're you're no longer saved by my grace because you got angry at me. I mean, read the Bible. (laughs) There's there's plenty of people, I mean, David, you know, people quote Psalms. They want to quote all the good stuff David said. David said a whole lot of negative stuff. (laughs) Read the song. Read Proverbs. Read the songs as all. Read any of that. There's a whole lot of negativity in there too. God, God understands. God understands, and He's not going to, you know, cast us out of His grace because you know we get a little bit of an attitude every once in a while. Genesis two eighteen is a scripture that uh, talks about uh, it's not good for man to be alone of course, he's talking about the creation of Eve and that, you know, we're designed. We ultimately are designed to be in relationships. And I honestly believe, and I believe I can back this up from Scripture, I believe it's God, for the most part, God's perfect will that every man and every woman, 5 and a life partner to spend their life with. I ultimately believe that. Unless, as Paul said, you have a calling in your life, where being single is the best thing. Or maybe it's a time in your life when being single is the best thing. You can't do the things that you need to do for the Lord. You know, and I've learned that. I'm currently in that season right now. I'm learning that. That, you know, hey, you've been all up in the air about these relationships. And, you know, meeting somebody. And having the right, and all this stuff. And you wouldn't do nothing until she came up. No, God said no, nope, nope. That ain't the truth. You do what, you stretch forth thine hand, you do what I ask you to do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God, and all these things will be added unto you. Walk out my plan, and then I will add those things unto you. So Genesis chapter 2, verse 18, you know, God creating Eve, and ready to create Eve, because he says it's not good that man be be alone, and it's not. It's not good for man to be isolated. That would be another way to say that scripture. It's not good for mankind to be isolated something else that isolation creates it shows selfishness and it hinders your spiritual growth you think you think you're you're okay you think uh, it's all fine you know well i can stay home and pray to the god by myself i don't need to go to church i don't need to be around those people I've had a hard week, you know. It amazes me people that have that attitude. They they find the energy to do everything else the whole week, whatever it may be, from work to fun to whatever. But it comes Sunday. Oh my God! I'm just, oh, I'm so tired. I just oh, I can't see straight. Oh, I'm so worn out. I can't even think. Oh, uh, oh, here. Let me turn the TV on. And watch this show. You know what I'm saying? It's. I mean, come on. Let's be real. Let's be real for a change. If you've got if you got the time to, and the effort and the ability and the physical ability and the transportation and the money to do all these other things during the week that seem to be so important but you can't go to church. You'd rather just stay home. i stay home and watch it online. You know, There's times when online is necessary. You're sick. You're ill. Uh, you're just going through a hard way and you need some time away for a period of time. That's understandable, but it can't become a habit. You need others. Hebrews chapter 10, 24 through 25. Let me me go there. I'm going there on my handy-dandy laptop that I need to actually update. I need to get a new one. Technology is like crazy anymore. Okay, I'm in Hebrews chapter 10. I'm on Bible Hub. I don't know if you've ever used that particular... Website. Okay. Hebrews chapter 10, verse 24. Yeah, I'll read it out of the King James. Why not? Good old King J. It says, And let us consider one another in order to stir up love and good works. That don't sound like isolation to me. That don't sound like it. You didn't say, Let us isolate from each other and uh, we'll stir up some good works. Verse 25 in the King James. Not forsaking the assembling of ourselves together, as is the manner of some, but exhorting one another, as so much the more as you see the day approaching. What's the day talking? It's about the end times. It's talking about, you know, the, the coming of the Lord. And the apostles thought it was in their time. And obviously it wasn't. And there's been many, many Christians throughout the centuries that have thought that this is the end, and we may be in the end right now. I mean, I don't know for sure. It sure seems like we are, but I can remember being back in Bible school in the nineties. I mean, we thought it was the end of the world then. I, 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 two thousand was we was done by the year two thousand. I mean, we was <laughs> out of here by two thousand, and it didn't happen. I mean, the glory of God was falling all over the place. You think about the nineties; it was a glorious time. I, I know. I hear preachers say, "I don't want you shouldn't want to go back." I wouldn't mind going back there. Be honest with you, that was there was some good times in the '90s in the Spirit. I'm telling you, it was a powerful time. It was a very, very powerful time, and I'm so thankful that I got to experience it. And I pray that many of you have got to experience the outpouring of the Holy Spirit in the '90s. It was it was an awesome time of God. But we should forsake our, our assembling of ourselves together and say, "Well, I don't need it. I don't need a Holy you know, Church. I don't need." I don't need you people. All you do is hurt me, run me down, make me feel bad about myself, talk behind my back. Well, do they do that at your job? Yeah, but I got to make money. Wait, Wait a minute here. So what's more important to you? The riches of heaven or the riches of the earth? See what I'm saying? I mean, I... I got I just got to be blunt. I mean, that's just the truth. The, the Bible clearly teaches that. I spoke about that last week. Whatever your heart is, there's your treasure, you know. So, just think about, think about your motivations, think about why you're doing what you're doing. What's important to you in this life? What are you what are you living for? You living for Christ? You living for the cause of Christ? You living for the praise of men? Wanting applause, wanting the pat on the back, wanting Somebody to say positive things to you, for whatever reason. Uh, The world is wicked. There's wickedness in the church. Not everybody's as sanctified as you think they are, including myself. And and people, you know, say things and think things and spread rumors and backbite and backstab you and, and talk about you and whatever else. So... You just got to get stiff-shouldered and say, you know what, I'm not letting this. This ain't going to take me out. I ain't quitting. I ain't stopping. I'm going to do what God's asked me to do, and I'm just going to turn it. A few weeks ago, I spoke about turning those voices off. Turn and doggone voices off and just get focused and, like, I'm doing what God asked me to do. I'm going to turn all these crazy voices off. I'm not listening to these folks in the name of Jesus. Jesus. Hebrews chapter 2, 3 and 4. Let's take a look at that one. Hebrews. Not Hebrews. Philippians chapter 2, 3 and 4. I'll get it right. Philippians chapter 2. I thought there was 13 chapters in Philippians last week, so I'm improved. <laughs> oh boy. I really did go to Bible school. I I promise you, I, I did. <laughs> uh not it, You don't have to go to Bible school to be used to God. So I don't, I'm not saying that. I don't think that. And uh, so don't anybody... Uh, you do need to come under authority, though. You do need to come under authority. You need to come under authority of a local church. You need to not be a flake, bouncing all over these different churches, going here, oh, I get up in the morning, oh, oh this Sunday I feel like I'm going to go here and hear this prophet. Oh, I'm going to go there and travel down there and listen to this one. Yeah, Come on. You, you ain't gonna go nowhere in the kingdom. No, you're gonna have to come under authority. You're gonna have to come under authority. There's some good books out there on that spiritual authority. I'm getting on a lot of bunny trails today, aren't I? I am, I am, but it's just truth. It's just truth. Philippians chapter 2, starting with verse 3, and I'm gonna read in the King James again. Let nothing be done through strife or vainglory. But in lowliness of mind, let each esteem other better than themselves. That's some tough stuff there, huh? That's tough stuff. I struggle with that. My personality, i would just gonna be honest with you. If I could walk into the church building and never say hello to anybody, and them never say hello to me, I'd be just fine with it. <laughs> I'll just be honest with you. You know? I don't have to, you know, be chit-chatting and this and that and tell me this. and, that. You know, I'm just telling you. You know, but I fight that. I fight, I'm like, okay, Jonathan, you gotta, you know, you can't be isolating yourself away from these folks. I mean, they're going to think you think you're too good for them, or they're going to think, you know, well, something's up here. So we can't esteem uh, ourselves over other other people. We have to think about the cares of other people. We have to think about the needs of other people. In order to do that, we have to be able to communicate. We have to be able to minister, and we have to be able to talk to them. You know, not just, leave me alone. Because, I'll be honest with you, I'll go go to church service, and I want to stay in the anointing. I will be, you know, attempting to get in God's presence at home before I even get there. And I want to stay, and I don't want to hear about... uh, uh, how Joe's cars broke down or whatever, you know, that's not of interest to me. So I, I, I fight that. I'll tell you, I, I, uh, would, I want to stay in the spirit and maybe that's something to do with just the ministry, you know, the giftings, the calling that's on my life or something. But I, I know a lot of preachers struggle with, I, I can, I can think of some, some particular ministers that just, they stay away. I, I imagine my pastor does that for the most part, just stays away from everybody. Um, until, you know, it's time to be out amongst this, a congregation. And there's nothing wrong with that. But we can't take that, uh, you know, this is some rule that I'm just going to ignore people and not want to talk to them and, and isolate myself away from them. Because uh, you're, you're not going to advance to God's kingdom. You're being selfish and you're hindering their spiritual growth and you're hindering your own spiritual growth. Let's take a look at uh, Philippians 2.4, 2-4. Philippians 2.4, 2-4. I'd like to find out, I wish, I don't think you can, I don't think you can put text on the screen with Facebook Live, I mean I'd have to, I'd have to get some, some fancy dancy software and multiple cameras and all that, I'm, I'm not ready for that yet, but I wish I could put these verses up on the screen. If you follow along with me, though, that's awesome. If you don't, that's awesome, too. I'll go ahead and just read them to you. Philippians 2, 4 says, Look, not every man on his own things, but every man also on the things of others. That is an awesome truth. That's how we build the king. You know, anytime you think about isolating away from other people, you think, okay, what have I heard the gospel? What have I ever been saved? where I've been filled with the holy spirit would have I ever been healed would God ever uh, blessed me with a job or this if I would have just taken for granted everything and somebody else had to step out right somebody else had to, to give somebody else had to go out of their comfort zone for you to hear the word faith cometh by hearing hearing by the word of God you know and how can you know how can there be a word if there's no one speaking and no one sent the Bible says. So we can't isolate ourselves because we're, we're not going to advance God's kingdom. We're being selfish and we're hindering our spiritual growth. And something else that it does is it sets up you for continual attacks from the adversary when you pull away. And I talked about this earlier. You are setting yourself up to be browbeat by the devil. When you isolate yourself that way, I'm not talking about isolating yourself as unto the Lord for prayer and time away. I'm talking about you're doing it out of fear, you're doing it out of hurt, you're doing it out of being selfish. That's what I'm talking about. That's when it becomes a danger and a negative, and Satan will well beat your brains out. <laughs> I can think when I went through my 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 breakdown the rough days I had, uh, there was a point in time when I could only sleep two to three hours at a time. I I could t- literally go in to the medicine counter and take two or three different types of sleeping pills. There's more than one one type of drug for sleeping pills. I could take two or three different kinds and I would still wake up in two or three hours. And just, a, a, just an anxiety-filled just... I'd wake up and I'd just be like, ugh, you know. Yeah, I went I went through it. I went through through some things. I can remember um, the doctors tried to put me on Zoloft. And I took Zoloft for one dose. And the first dose, was like, it was kind of like Valium. I don't know if you ever had Valium in the hospital before surgery. I mean, you're just like, ugh, you know, Everything's just warm and bubbly. And, but after that, oh, it was terrible. And then I I took it for like two or three days, and I had to withdraw off of it, and it was horrible. And I decided I'm I don't I don't need no antidepressants. I ain't taking no antidepressants. If I gotta live my life taking drugs, I don't want to be here. That's what I decided. And God had helped me through those times. Again, as I said, through spirit, through my family, through friends, through others that were patient with me when I wasn't very nice. I wasn't very nice at all. I had a lot of anger in me. had a lot of sadness. I could sit and I would just sit and rock like this. I would go to church and sit and rock like this. The entire church or back and forth like this. The entire church service. It was like a comforting thing. Like you do when you're younger. You know, little kids do that. Um, It was a rough time in my life. It was a rough time. But God got me through it. God got me through it. I'm here today, by the grace of God, speaking today because of it. But the Lord had to—he had to knock me down a few pegs. He truly did. He had—he had to put me right flat, desperate, desperate for Him, because I had taken the reins of my own life. You know, isolated myself and said, "Hey, nobody ever gonna hurt me again. Ain't no woman ever gonna hurt me again. Ain't no church ever gonna hurt me again. I'll show you. I'll just, you know, I'll just do my own thing and." go fishing and do this and do that. I don't need church. You know, that's what I did. And, uh, yeah, there was a D-Day. There was a day to pay. There was a day to pay. And I just feel so strongly for folks who go through, uh, suicide, societal ideations and once and hopelessness, I, I've been there. Never, like I said earlier, I've never committed. I've never tried. and tempted. I never had a plan, but boy, did I fight the thoughts and the ideas and the darkness. Everything in the world was just dark and hopeless. I was like, I've, I've had my best days. I might as well just call it, call it, you know, a show and go home. That's how I felt. God, God had a plan, but God, God has a plan. So don't ever, don't ever give in to that. Don't ever give in. You reach out to whoever you gotta reach out to. And you pray that you have people in your life that when you're in that situation where you're, you're in that kind of depression where you can't even leave the house for weeks, months, a year at a time. When you're in that kind of depression, you better have people that all they want to do is they'll sit beside you and they'll just listen to you, let you talk. You get you a little judgmental.
1: Well, you need to
0: just put up your butt straps and get going. You stop, because ultimately the person is feeling sorry for themselves. They are, and it is true. Ultimately, if they're going to live life and be productive, they're going to have to get out of that isolation and get going. But when you're in that depression, you're in that you're so down deep in the hole, you can't see straight. You got somebody, somebody that's somebody's going to pull pour, pour the oil and the wine in, not judge you. You know. You gotta have people that are gonna be by you no matter what. And have your best interest in mind and basically say, you know what? If I gotta get right here in the bed with you and lay down beside you for hours so you can talk to somebody, then that's what I'll do. Whatever I gotta do. That's the type of that's type of friend, that's the type of person you need in your life. Whether it's a blood relative or it's a, somebody at church or whatever, you got somebody that's gonna be there for you. You call them at three o'clock in the morning. They're going to be there for you. They're not going to say, what are you doing Call my number at three o'clock in the morning? Are you can wait till six o'clock, you know. You know. Uh, no. <laughs> no, you don't need those type of people in your life if they're they're being that way. There's another subject concerning this that, uh, you know, I've seen uh, memes on Facebook. Uh, when you get pulled, when when a pack animal... Lions, elephants, hyenas, tigers, even geese, a lot of birds, whatever. You get pulled out of that pack, and you're isolated, and you're by yourself. You're you're, you're looking to get attacked. You, you better watch out, because, yeah, you're open season. You're open season. I mean, even in hunting, uh, if a game hunter is hunting and game, I mean, he's not going to you know, if he's, a, if he's a, a true sportsman and a good hunter, not a poacher, he's not gonna just go into some pack of you know elephant uh, guns guns ablazing or whatever. He's gonna wait till he gets an isolated animal out there, you know, by itself, clean shot, and then he's gonna take him out. So you gotta watch. You leave that. You leave. You leave others. You leave the love of the church. You leave the love of Christ. You. You isolate yourself out, away from others, and you, you can be in a world of hurt. You can be in a world of hurt. I have been there. Believe me, I know what I'm talking about. I know what I'm talking about. I don't know how long I've been. What am I? 45 minutes now. I better not go too much longer here. Um, there's some scriptures in the book of Acts. Uh, chapter 2. Uh, 41 through 47. Get my pointer to work right here. Hopefully, the audio is coming in good today. I had to replace my earbuds. I had a $100 pair of earbuds stop charging. It's like, oh, wonderful. So, I went to Menard's and got a $15 pair. <laughs> well, if they're going to stop charging, I'm not going to spend $100 on them and tell you that much. Uh,. Acts chapter two, verse forty-one through forty-seven. In King James, it basically talks about you know how uh, they just received the Holy Spirit and 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 they've all uh, been baptized. Three thousand were added, and it talks about how they had everything in common. In those verses and it talks about that again in acts chapter four uh the end of that chapter and i've heard theologians say well that was just back then that's the early church uh, we don't need to be that way no more no. No, no no when is a human being the most innocent and purest When it's first born, right? When it's a baby. This the church was just born, the church was just a baby. And look at what they were doing. The Holy Spirit just fell in the upper room. And look how they were behaving in the end of chapter, Acts chapter 2, the end of Acts chapter 4. Look how they were behaving. What's quite interesting about that? If you look into it, you go to the book of Numbers, it talks about the tribes, the 12 tribes of Israel. And God had a rule with those 12 tribes that they were not allowed to give an inheritance outside of that tribe. But if you look at the book of Acts after the Holy Ghost fell and the church was born and birthed, look what happens in the end of Acts chapter 2 and the end of Acts chapter 4. Everybody's selling land and giving it to each other. There's no tribal... There's no, there's no, okay, I can't do this. They had all things in common and they helped each other. And they gave. And they were together in fellowship. They weren't isolated. It's like, oh, well, I got my Holy Ghost now. I can talk in tongues. I'm going to go back to my cave and <laughs> kill a rabbit later or something. You know? No, they were, they were, they were together. They were together in unity. One accord, as the Bible says. How great it is for for men to dwell together in unity. It's like the oil running down, you know. So, you don't see isolation in those passages. And unfortunately, social media has created this isolation mentality. And, And my pastor talks about that often, you know. Unfortunately it could be used good for bad and and it's unfortunately that some people taking an advantage and just totally staying away from church and staying away from others and got their face glued in their phone all day long and they can't even sit in church without getting on their phone oh I've to check my friends list oh oh hey somebody posted on facebook oh somebody sent me a message hey when are we going out to eat later what are we going to have to eat tonight I think we I think they ought to make a rule where we have to leave all of our phones like in the lobby or something when we come into church. Uh because it's yeah, it's such a distraction. Everybody is so that's what Satan wants though. Satan wants us all isolated and then you got this metaverse coming in and he wants everybody to live in La La Land in some kind of fake world and it's you can see the devil in all of it. You can see the devil in all of it. He wants to isolate you so he can beat your brains in and make you feel hopeless and make you feel like you have no hope and nothing to live for. But he's a liar. He's a liar. I pray that this has ministered to somebody. I pray that somebody sees this and it helps them in some capacity. Something I said, maybe it's everything I said. Maybe it's just a few things I said. Maybe it's a passage of Scripture. Whatever it may be, I pray that God uses this today to minister to you and to strengthen you and to help you. And that you'll see it's not a good thing when you begin to isolate based out of fear. It's a bad isolation. Only isolation in faith where God pulls you away to speak to you for a period of time isn't a good thing. Other than that, being consistently isolated is a dangerous road to go down. I just thank you for listening to me today for the amount of time that I've spent. I think I'm almost, what, well well over 45 minutes now, almost 50 minutes. And um, this might be the longest one I've done so far. Depending on who you listen to, they say, well, people watch this if it's real short or they'll listen to it if it's at least an hour long. I I figure God's going to give me the people that need to hear this. That's what I feel. He'll bring in the people. Whoever needs to hear it, I'm not going to play the... With the world's games, and oh, I gotta do it this way, and it's got graphics gotta look like that, and the audio's gotta be just so, and you need to say this, and you need to smile more, and you need to put this on, you know. No, well, well I'm gonna give it to God, we'll just let God do what God wants to do with us. But I just pray that it's helped someone today, and I just thank you for listening. I'm gonna pray it now that God will seal this word in your heart and in your mind, Father. I just come to you in the name of Jesus Christ, Lord. I thank you, God, for this opportunity and this time that you've given me to minister, God. I thank you for the voice that I'm able to even speak, that you've given me vocal cords to be able to speak, God, and ears to be able to hear and eyes to be able to see, Lord, and a mind to be able to think. I just thank you, God, that you will use what has been said today, those words that were spoken out of the Holy Ghost under conviction, not out of my own mind, not out of my own personality, not out of my own desires, selfish desires, but only out of love. And out of compassion, and out of the Holy Spirit, that those words will take hold in somebody's heart. If there is some, right now, if there's somebody out there who's having suicidal ideations, who's who who's fighting those thoughts, I pray for you right now in the name of Jesus Christ. You cannot go through with that, and you cannot end your life. You have important things to do. God has a calling on your life. God will use your giftings. God will use your experiences to help others. I know you feel hopeless. I know you feel dark. I know you feel like it's never going to get better. But trust me, it will get better. The sun will shine again. The birds will sing again. And life will be better again. So please don't. If you if you got to reach out to some hotline somewhere, uh, a family member, or church. If you need to message me, contact me, message me, and I'll talk to you. I have no problem with that. I can even talk to you on the phone if need be. But don't don't give up. It's not it's not worth it. It's it's too much of a gamble too because we really don't know. We don't know how far God's grace goes when it comes to suicide. I mean, I heard people. Oh, he definitely you know he understands. We don't know. The Bible's silent on it, and that's that's a gamble. That's a real gamble, eternally, because you don't really know. The Bible is silent on that subject of whether, you know, we don't, we're not there. We don't know what God's going to do with that. So just don't, don't, don't take, have some fear about that. Have some fear, just like you would about hell. Don't, don't take your own life. Fight. Fight and do whatever you can do. Reach out to whoever you can reach out to. One day at a time, just one second at a time, one minute at a time, one hour at a time. But don't go through with it. God's got you. God has got you. Father, I just pray for those folks, those people, maybe a man, maybe a woman, could be anybody. Old or young, It doesn't. the age doesn't matter. Middle-aged, who's had those thoughts, who's wanted to isolate, who's, who's been through depression, been through anxiety, done through uh, suicidal ideations, had much anger, had much bitterness, had much hurt, misunderstandings, and pain. God, I just pray for each individual. Lord, that you'll be there with them right now in the name of Jesus Christ, by your blood, by the Holy Ghost, by the work of the cross, the power of your spirit, the truth of your word, that you'll touch each and every individual, God, and be there with them personally, Lord. And bring someone across their path that can minister and help them and love them like they need to be loved. I just pray this all in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I thank you again for watching. Go Bucks. I was getting a little scared there for a while. (laughs) But they pulled her out. They pulled her out. I was glad to see it. I mean, Notre Dame ain't no slouch. So, that's a good thing. Good thing. It was awesome. So, thank you for watching today. And, um... If if this if these videos bless you, share them on your page. Uh, if you guys say something to me, I said, send me a message. You can comment on the videos. I'm not, you know, you're not gonna bother me to comment, say something. Even if it's negative. Now if you go to cussing, I'm gonna probably delete it. <laughs> but if you know, but if it's if it's if it's kosher and it's positive, you know, feel free to do so. I'm 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 just here as a voice, as a minister to God. To be used of him in any way i can and this is an opportunity for me so that's what i'm doing well i pray that today has blessed you and that the remaining rest of the day god will stay with you and speak to you and direct you and guide you and comfort you in the name of jesus christ i'll see you next time